Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. It's Eric Bilstadt. Before you leave, one final thought on this Aaron Rodgers thing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, okay. I, I, I guess I admit what got me worked up this morning is while I was getting ready for the show, I was at my home office. I'm upstairs. I happened to have ESPN on. There were all these commentators whining about how the Packers were mistreating mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. And, oh, this is so terrible. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's going to be looking for, he's going to pull a Tom Brady and be looking for someplace else to play and this has just been awful and and I, I i can see that the way back in the beginning of his career the way that the, the transition between him and brett Favre was handled was, was not good and i think we have had a lot of lost opportunities but this aaron Rodgers got a chip on his shoulder we should be feel bad for this guy give me a blanking break i just pulled it here i mean here's the deal for people who are losing sight of this aaron Rodgers signed a four-year one hundred thirty million, $134 million contract with the Green Bay Packers. This would have been in 2018. With, can I get this? A, a signing bonus of $57.5 million. They wrote him a check for $57.5 million. Now, this is after all the other money they paid him. $57.5 million. Eric, if, if, if somebody gave you a check for $57.5 million, my guess is you'd be at least a little bit grateful, right? Oh, <laughs> at least a little. Yes, I would be. Right. And, okay, go ahead. You're, you're, is there a but here? Well, I, it's not necessarily a but, but I would be curious what my colleagues are making or what other people that do the same thing oh, do that I'm making. Oh, and if they make more than me, then oh, I might because, have a question so, about so that. So they gave Steve Scafidi a check for $58 million. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> they give you $57.5 million dollars on top of that. Okay, on top of the signing bonus, they gave Guaranteed another $98.7 million. A 90, guaranteed. So this guy, for throwing a football, is guaranteed like 140 some million dollars. Million dollars. Guaranteed. If he gets hurt, they've got to pay him. I mean, and, and again, I... I understand maybe you look and say, well, okay, that was two years ago when I signed the deal, and maybe now I, I want a little bit more money. But seriously, how much money can you spend? At, at some point in time, shut up and throw the football. Really? I am curious what happens with him, though, because given the current situation, it would appear he would not be in a Packers uniform for much longer unless they do restructure his deal. Well, he's under contract. I mean, he, right, he doesn't have a choice. The, the question is, right, unless, unless he's willing that? to give right. them some, some breaks. Uh, or why do be, they want to take that major cap hit, that kind of – I mean, there's a lot there there. Right, but I guess this – I listened to all this, oh, Aaron Rodgers is so put upon, <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers is so upset, and Aaron Rodgers, he's got this chip on his shoulder. Oh, give me a break. Okay, the, the guy, yes, he, he played a year at junior college, you know, junior college instead of going to Cal right out of the bat. All right, yes, he got drafted in the first round. And yes, he wasn't the first round. He wasn't the first pick. He had to sit. Oh, how terrible. They just paid him $134 million. There is this disconnect in this, this, this reality. You want to take some of these athletes and you just kind of want to slap them and say, do you understand what th- this thing in the real world is, is like? I mean, seriously, do you, do you want to understand that there are people, you know, who, who are just busting their tail doing all sorts of things and they're, you know, they're, they're making $30,000 a year or $35,000 a year, $134 million over four years to throw a football with somebody giving you a check for $57.5 million. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. 
You, maybe you don't want to commit on this. <laughs> Your face is yeah. yeah it's just well, I, it's just it's just my my head wants to explode on on these these things where you have these 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 athletes that have no clue as to what the most people are, right. are like. Okay, so is Aaron Rodgers going to age well? By that I mean ten years from now, when Aaron Rodgers is retired. Um, is he going to be just beloved by the fans, or is is he going to be like some grumpy old Pete Rose who's so, you know showing up signing football? Interesting question, though, because think about that for a second. When you think about Brett Favre, Rogers saw that Brett Favre thing happen. He was had a front row seat, right, and he saw the trouble that that went into. There is some ro- rocky times there between fans and Brett Favre. He goes right. to the Vikings, got that issue there with the Jets and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to leave on rocky terms and, and play for the Bears or the Vikings or something crazy like so. that. Right. He, he knows that that's not the right play, right? But from what you're saying, 10 years from now, what is he doing? Boy, I... I is he, is he, he's is he out that, in the is limelight. Is he that beloved Walter Payton character who just, you know, that, that figure who just everybody loves? Or is he... Kind of the surly guy sitting in his mansion in Southern California, grumbling about the kids on the front lawn. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if kids will be allowed on the front lawn. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you don't want to go down that route. Okay, well, I'm just saying, I, all right, I, 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 I think, oh, you, well, you, I mean, you, you, these guys either go one of two ways. They either go, hey, we're going to, you know, use our celebrity and we're going to channel into all this positive stuff and we're going to be this force for good that's out there. Yeah. Or or they get to be again that that cranky people, you know, get get off my lawn. Well, I wonder how he does on Jeopardy. See, he's doing Jeopardy here in a couple of weeks. He's uh, he does it for two weeks. He yeah. already recorded them, but they right. air in, in a, a week or two weeks from now. What if he's really good at it? Could could that be the venue he goes towards? Some type of entertainment slash brains type thing. I mean, I don't think he'll be a play-by-play guy. I don't no. think he has any interest in that. No, you know, it's like showing up every week and talking about how, you know, the Washington quarterback. Yeah, is, I don't, is, think, no, he, I don't, I think, don't think he I don't, has that interest. I don't think he has that either. I don't well, know. Would he get into, like, documentarian type of stuff or, or something with, you know, doing more Jeopardy stuff? I'm just curious. Maybe but, there's something there. there. Or sitting in that, that $15 million <laughs> mansion going, kids, you're right. <laughs> 100-year-old Scots. <laughs> right, yeah, and, and, and yelling at the kid who's the, the baseball just came, 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 came flying over over the security fence, the electrified <laughs> fence, and some kids crawling to get it. Get off my lawn! I, I'm just saying it could go either way. Okay, enough, <laughs> enough, of, enough of Aaron. I just, I mean, it's like pay me. I tell just just once. I you don't. I tell you what, WTMJ, Craig Carmen, you, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to give me fifty-seven million dollars up front. How about? Five million. Write me a check for five million bucks, and I, 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 I'm not going to be grumpy at all. I am going to sing your praises forever. <laughs> What can you do? All right. <laughs> Joe Biden. He, he hasn't started the press conference yet. It's supposed to start now, but it, the press conference has not started. I, I the, the Washington Post, and I, I read it so you don't have to, but the Washington Post, they had two separate columnists yesterday who, who wrote essentially op-ed pieces to the members of the press corps, and the op-ed pieces essentially said, don't be too hard on Joe. Just because you were hard on Trump – 
and you asked him tough questions and you were belligerent. Don't do that for Joe because essentially, well, Joe's one of us, you know, and, and, and just because Trump liked that kind of give and take, you know, you, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do this. That one of the pieces uh, by Margaret Sullivan, who's one of their real far left media columnists, right? Biden's first news conference is a test for him, but it's a bigger test for White House reporters. Um, for the White House press corps, there's a temptation to play to the crowd. Every TV reporter has to be thinking about that 10-second clip of their question that might be used on Thursday's newscast, establishing them as the star du jour who bravely challenged the president, but then goes on to say, oh, don't resist the urge. Resist the urge to do that. We we don't want to ask him the hard questions. Now, look, I, I don't know how it's going to all turn out. My guess is Biden, in these situations, he typically exceeds expectations. Lots of people thought he wasn't going to be able to go through the debates with with President Trump. He did. He, he did a he did a fine job. Lots of people think, well, when he's addressing the nation, he's going to have all sorts of flubs. He he, he got through that. My guess is he's going to do just fine. And I don't know that he necessarily needs the Washington Post saying to their colleagues, "Oh, let's go easy on him. Let's not ask him too many hard questions. Let's not put him on the spot." We will see what we see when we come back. All right, I've gained new respect for Ted Cruz. I will explain. We will discuss. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I have people who defend Joe Biden regardless. How dare you say anything bad about Joe Biden? And it is odd that it has been, what, going on 60 days for since he was put into office that he hasn't had a press conference. That is just a strange thing. And I said, I'm sure he's going to kind of do fine, but got a text from somebody saying, well... Um, he set a presidential record, all right. He's not played a single round of golf since becoming president. Well, that's true, but my concern is, I said, they're probably afraid he tripped getting out of that old golf cart there. Oops, he fell there. I, he's going to do fine at the press conference, my guess is. But you got to know the reporters, There, I will be shocked if there are, like, really these heavy-duty questions pushing him on some of the decisions. And maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. Okay. I have newfound respect for Ted Cruz. Now, if you're a regular listener to this program, you know that I raked Ted Cruz over the coals when he made that bizarre decision to, you know, head for the vacation spot in Mexico as, you know, Texas was dealing with all the impacts from the the bad weather, the hurricanes and from all all the bad weather, the freezes and everything like that. So uh, he, he gets a lot of he get he got a lot of static and he deserved a lot of static for it. Having said that. All right. Well, that yesterday I liked one of the things that he did. If you saw this, it's kind of interesting. He's holding he's on the he's outside in Washington and he's holding a press conference. It's a Senate presser. And he he steps up to the microphone and he's getting ready to speak. And I, I hope you're sitting down for this because I don't want you to be shocked or stunned, but he's not wearing a mask. He's not wearing a mask. Now, this is outdoors, and there's people around him, and the reporters are – it's not like anybody's, like, crowded and sticking, like, a little handheld microphone in his face. I mean, the reporters are, are back away from him, and he's standing there, and he doesn't have a microphone. He doesn't have a mask on. So one of the reporters off camera, right as he's starting, you can hear him yell, would you mind putting on a mask for us? To which Cruz says – um, well, yeah, when I'm talking to the TV camera, I'm not going to wear a mask. All of us have been immunized. So, and then this reporter off stage says, well, it, it would make us feel better. It would make us feel better. 
at which point in time, Cruz says, well, you're welcome to step away if you'd like. The whole point of the vaccine, he says, I've been vaccinated. The whole point of the vaccine, CDC guidance, is what we're following. All right. And, and then, you know, he, he goes on to do this. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, there's a lot of things to criticize Ted Cruz for. And, and the Lord knows that's appropriate. But you know what? I love his response and how he handled this whiny reporter yesterday. He has been vaccinated, had both his shots. All right. We're told that once you're vaccinated, you can start like doing stuff. He's in an outdoor setting. So there's nobody like right on top of him. And his policy is when I'm doing this thing and I'm going to be on camera, I'm not going to wear a mask. And so you have somebody off the way who is saying, well, we'd we'd feel better if you wore a, a mask. It would make us feel better, which to me is what so much of this covid conversation has become lately as we move away from the follow the science to, well, it would make us feel better. The reporter, who's obviously more than six feet away, it's outdoors. The guy is uh, has been vaccinated. I think he was well within his rights, and I think this was the response. Sorry, I don't wear a mask in these situations. If you are uncomfortable, sorry if you don't feel better, but you can step away. If you don't want to be here, that's fine. You can back up. But this idea that now, see, we're not following the science anymore. Now it's, well, we, we want, it would make us feel better. Why would it make you feel better? The man's been vaccinated. It's outdoors. You can back up as far as you want. If you don't want to be within six feet or now, what is it, three feet? If you don't want to be within six feet or three feet, you can back up a little bit further. But what about the science? It would make us feel better if you put on a mask, to which he said, I'm not putting on a mask. You know, you want to back up? You want to leave? Fine. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think this is exactly the way to handle these things. And it demonstrates where we are going in some areas with regard to COVID, especially as more people get vaccinated. This idea, again, that we're not, we're, we're now not all about the science. It's about, well, we would, we would feel better if you put on a mask. 855-616-1620. We discuss. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. So Ted Cruz is having a press conference in the Capitol in D.C. And everybody's socially distanced. He doesn't wear a mask when he's talking to the camera. So you have some reporter who, who's away from him. Would you put on a mask? He says, nope, I don't wear masks. I've been vaccinated when I'm wearing, when I'm facing the camera. I don't do that. Well, we, we, we'd feel more comfortable. It'd make us feel better. To which he says, well, you, you can, you can leave. You, you can go away if you don't feel better, if you're uncomfortable. To me, that is the proper response to have. Look, I, I'm not anti-mask, but this idea that, oh, oh my gosh, you've now been vaccinated and we're, we're so afraid on the chance that, you know, you might be the unicorn who has been vaccinated, who somehow now has this and can pass it on. And I, I guess in theory that is possible, but it doesn't happen with any sort of regularity at all. Cruz is saying, no, I'm, I'm I'm not going to do it. You can leave. And I think, candidly, that's the appropriate response to take. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Kathy in Pewaukee. Hi, Kathy. Oh, hi. Hi, Jeff. Hi. What do you think? Uh, yeah. What My comment on what you just talked about with um, Ted Cruz is the CDC has not said that you shouldn't wear a mask just because you've been Right. Fully vaccinated. They're saying right. that you should wear one. Right. 
Yeah, they said they're saying you shouldn't so travel. What? Yep, they're saying you shouldn't travel. Yep, you shouldn't travel. Yep, that's what they're saying. So, what makes you think that you know more than the scientists? Well, but because they're, they're, they're not saying why, there, there's no explanation of the science. See, this is this is it, Kathy. I'll, We're I'll told what they said. Yeah, they, they said right. They said because of all the variants. Right, but they don't have any evidence to document it, Kathy. There's no, that's, did you see Fauci two weeks ago? He was trying to explain why the CDC is saying that people shouldn't travel. And they're saying, well, where's the evidence of this? And well, humana humana, we we just don't know. So it's it's not like there's evidence. What do you think is going to happen? You think Ted Cruz? I agree with you. Okay. Yeah, the traveling, I agree with you about the traveling. But you were talking, you weren't talking about traveling. You're talking about Ted Cruz saying that he's not going to wear a mask. He's not going to wear a mask in this setting. In this setting, yeah. But he should have. Well, I just thank you. He said he's following the science. No, he's not. Well, no, he's... Yeah, he, he said he's following the CDC, and you're, you're right. Thanks for calling. My point is I don't think the CDC is following the science. You're correct. The CDC currently recommends that even those who have been vaccinated continue wearing masks because vaccines are not 100% effective, and it is unknown if the virus can be spread by those who have received the vaccine. It is unknown. So the idea is, what, are we going to wear this this permanently? Look, we've been talking about this repeatedly. At some point in time, if you want to encourage people to get vaccines, you've got to say you can have some sense of normalcy. And in this particular situation, if Ted Cruz decides he doesn't want to wear a mask and that reporter is bothered by it, well, okay, step back more than six feet, and then it should not be a problem. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This week's sponsor for our Home Improvement Showcase presented by Great Midwest Bank is Miller Mobility. For in and around home safety solutions, get in touch with Miller Mobility today at 262-549-4900 or at MillerMobility.com. One final thought before we move away from the Ted Cruz thing. And for everybody who's outraged that Ted Cruz had this press conference, and he wasn't wearing a mask. And, and you had a reporter who said, well, would you put one on? And he said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And he said, well, we, we'd feel better. And he said, hey, I've been vaccinated. All right, just, just for that, I have on to my right, looking at the screen, President Biden is conducting his first news conference of his administration. And you know what? You know what Biden does not have on? Biden is not wearing a mask. No, he's, he's not wearing a, a mask. Now, he's not wearing a mask because he's been vaccinated and because I assume that there is a degree of social distancing. You've got the White House reporters. I can see that they're kind of like spread around. So Biden's not wearing a mask during his news conference. And I don't hear any of the reporters saying, excuse me, Mr. President, would, would you would you go ahead and wear a mask? Um, so I guess in this case, if it's good enough for President Biden, it would seem to me that it's it's good enough for Senator Cruz. And again, I, I've been critical of Ted Cruz in the past, but in this situation, he's absolutely correct. And, and candidly, I, I think the CDC needs to get its act together. Because for all this time, we've been told, hey, once people start to get the vaccines, you can start to get back to normal. And so now you're seeing more and more people that are getting the vaccines. We are flattening the curve. The number of deaths is way down. The number of hospitalizations is way down. In the states where you have people who are getting COVID and the COVID numbers are slightly on an uptick, what it tends to be is it's apparently it's, it's younger people like the kids who go to Miami and decide they're going to, you know, on spring break and jump on cars. Okay, well, nobody wants to get COVID, but apparently the majority of the people that are getting COVID now are not the ones who are at risk of having like bad sort of reactions. So at some point in time, 
I think the CDC, if you want to encourage people to get vaccinated, the CDC needs to, I mean, give people at least a common sense sort of thing. Because remember, first it was no mask, then it was a mask, then it was two masks, then it was six feet. Now it's three feet if you're a child. All these different things, which tells me that they're kind of making it up as they go along, which isn't to say that people shouldn't wear masks when it is required. And it isn't to say that you shouldn't get a vaccination because I think you, you should. But as I have speculated a lot, the, the reality is you, you got to give people that, that carrot to make them get vaccinated because there's a certain percentage of people who just don't want to do it. And if you tell people, well, the things you can do if you're vaccinated are really no different than the things you can do when you're not vaccinated, it's an issue. Um, to that to that end, a number of people were inquiring. I, um, I, I got vaccinated yesterday, got my first shot, and... It, it could not have gone more smoothly. I, I just, uh, I, matter of fact, a couple of friends, several friends, thank you, Colleen, thank you, Janet, my buddy Evan, all called me last night. My, my wife's out of town. They're like, are, are you okay? And I, knock on wood, it, it could not have been better. I don't even, my arm, now, Gru, when you had yours, your, your arm got sore, right? Yeah, I mean, I typically, I don't sleep on my left side anyway, but there was no chance. If if that was something that I would have normally do, I wouldn't have been able to sleep on my left side. You know, it's it's funny. Now, yesterday, I said this on the air, about 2 o'clock, I, I felt a, a little bit flush is how I would describe it. And it, it passed after about 10 or 15 minutes, and my plan was to kind of take it easy last night, and I, I did... I did end up taking a nap on the on the sofa, but I take naps on the sofa all the time. That wasn't necessarily different. And and I have again, knock on wood. So I, I'm not trying to tempt fate here. But it's been twenty. It's been well, well over 24 hours. I, I have no no reaction at all. And even my my left arm, I would describe it as 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 tender, maybe, but not not even that. I mean, it's I have no problem with movement. And last night I, I rolled over onto my left side once, and I kind of felt it a little bit, but nothing nothing bad at all. The shingle shot, I I mean, when I had the shingle shot about a year and a half ago, that my arm hurt for for several days. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to tempt fate, but at least so far, no, I I've had no problem with it at all. So if your concern is, gee, you hear these horror stories about people who get the vaccine and they have all sorts of bad reactions. From my perspective, at least, it's at least so far, it's been a walk in the park. Now, I guess that's not saying that, you know, something can't happen tonight or tomorrow or or moving forward. But I I had almost no reaction to this at at all, um, which um, maybe I'm I'm one of the the 50 percent of the people they say that are be in that situation. But at least as far as my perspective, no reason to be hesitant at all about getting the shot. And I had had. I had had COVID in November. I know I've got the antibodies, and I, the things that I had read said that if, if that's the situation, sometimes your reaction to the first shot is is worse than your reaction to the second shot. Well, I, again, knock on wood, no problem at all. So at least from my perspective, no reason at all not to get the vaccine if you're worried about after effects, at least at this point in time. All right, speaking of COVID, uh, what about a week or so ago, the Washington County Executive, Washington County, where West Bend is and things are like, announced that, that Washington County was going to be open for business. The The number of new COVID cases was very, very small. I think they were averaging like eight a day, almost no hospitalizations, almost no deaths. And he just said, look, it, it's time. We, I am going to begin the process of directing 
directing our health department to get us back to normal, which means opened up, no capacity limits and things of like like that. And he said, I'm just I'm following the science. I'm looking at the numbers and the numbers no longer justify any sort of these restrictions that they put in place. Well, here's the deal with Waukesha County. Yesterday, Waukesha County updated its large gathering recommendation to say that there would be no capacity limits for indoor venue venues when the CDC guidelines are being followed. The previous recommendation for indoor gatherings in Waukesha County called for 50% capacity or up to 250 individuals. Um, the county executive says our large gathering recommendation is aligned with the progress we have made on mitigating the virus in our community. There are currently 380, 58 active COVID cases, while the seven-day positive rate is 11.9%. He says 30% of the population in Waukesha County has received at least one dose of the vaccine months after the vaccine became available. He says we have seen a steep drop in cases. Hospitals continue to operate at sustainable levels, which... It, by the way, is all about flattening the curve. The curve has now been flattened. Testing capacity has increased significantly, and we are making impressive strides in vaccinating the population. So it's now like, okay, we're 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 opening this up to these large gatherings. And he says um, there are no capacity limits for outdoor events in the capacity. And he says, no, again, you know, maybe. Maybe we, we could change this. Maybe we're going to have to go back if things change. But right now, based on where we are, time to open up and you know allow, I mean, larger gatherings. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I know there are people out there saying, oh, this is incredibly irresponsible. We, we, we haven't licked COVID yet. COVID is still part of us. How, how dare they decide that they're going to open this up to people? All right. Is Paul Farrow following the science? Is this, in fact, an irresponsible decision, or is this the next step, given where we are in battling this virus, given the fact that the curve has been flattened, given the fact that more and more people are getting vaccinated every day, and the people who are in particular getting vaccinated are the ones who are most likely to have a severe reaction were they to get COVID, the people who are older, the people with the underlying health conditions. 855-616-1620. All right, is this a is this a green light to go to Waukesha, or is it a message to say stay away from Waukesha? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I say good for Paul Farrow. He's a guy who I believe is following the science. We discuss next. Stick around. Jeff Wagner is right around the corner. If you're looking for the finest of furniture finishing and heirloom restoration, by golly, it's Malali. Malali Furniture Finishing and Repair. Serving everywhere. Quality counts. M-U-L-L-A-L-Y. Finishing.com. High Fives Wisconsin just heard from Gina Della from Pella that the Milwaukee chapter of NERI, that's the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, has named Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin their distributor of the year. But there's more. The International Builder Show just named Pella's new Easy Slide Operator the best window and door product of 2021. 
The Easy Slide Operator is yet another patented Pella innovation that eliminates that repetitive cranking motion on casement and awning windows with an Easy Slide, and that is a real blessing for those with hand and wrist issues. But there's still more. Based on their 2019 consumer survey, Pella windows are rated number one for highest value, highest quality, and improving home value. Plus, right now, get five years no interest, plus five months no first payment. That is a huge deal. So, high fives all around Wisconsin, but only through March 31st. Set your free consultation today at PellaWI.com slash radio or 855-PellaWI. Some restrictions do apply. See PellaWI.com for details. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. number of people are saying, what kind of vaccine did you get? I got the Pfizer, which is the one I go back in three weeks for my second vaccine. Moderna is four weeks. And then the Johnson & Johnson is, of course, just, just the one shot. But I... For people who were curious, I got the Pfizer, and um, again, my arm isn't even that sore. Okay, we're talking about the decision announced in Waukesha County. Indoor venues no longer have any recommended COVID capacity limits. Uh, Jeff, this is a green light to go to Waukesha. It's about time someone steps up with some common sense. That's what it means to follow the science. The overreach that occurred, I think, has been mind-boggling. To Waukesha County, what if we opened up and nobody came? Or more likely, only 50% of people considered coming. Good luck. Trust business and private entities to make decisions, not governments. Not exactly sure what that means. But um, again, if you, this is the thing. If you are... If you are uncomfortable going to a venue, let us say that there is there's a venue in Waukesha County that now decides, hey, we're we're going to we're going to start resuming live music. And if if people want to come, it's it's a bar or whatever, you want to come and, you know, you you want live music, you're you're now welcome to do it. And if you don't want to come, that that's fine. Then then by all means don't stay home. And if you're somebody that hasn't been vaccinated and is in one of these sort of higher risk categories, well, I think my advice would still be to, to stay home if that's the case. But if you've been vaccinated, you feel comfortable doing that, all right, does the science really say that you shouldn't go? Um eight five five six one six one six twenty, that's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Um Jeff, obviously where we want to be, but too soon. All right. Uh, I think we're too soon. Well, I mean, I, 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 what I wrestle with is this notion that there's some people, and we talked about this yesterday, who said that, that they're not going to feel comfortable going out. They're not going to go to restaurants. They're not going to travel. They're not going to be in, in group settings uh, until there's herd immunity. And, and to which I say, go with God. If that's how you want to live your life, that, that's fine. But let's understand, I don't know that you're ever going to get to herd immunity. Herd immunity generally speaking, requires about 80% of the people to get vaccinations or to have had it and had antibodies. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any way in God's green earth that you're going to get 80% of the people to, to decide to have the vaccine. It, it's just not going to happen. I think if you hit 60%, you're probably going to be lucky because there's just all sorts of people, for whatever reasons, who aren't going to get vaccinated. So I don't know that we're ever going to get herd immunity, which means there's always going to be people who are going to be coming down with COVID, just like there's people every year that come down with the flu. And yes, I know COVID is different than the flu. But if our goal all along has been to protect the people who are the most vulnerable and make sure the hospital system is not overwhelmed. All right, and, and you've been vaccinated and you feel comfortable going out. It, it's it's tough for me to argue why you should not be allowed to, to do that unless 
you, you don't believe that the vaccines are effective. And I, I do hear as well, you know, they, they say that, you know, even if you've been vaccinated, you could still get it. They say they're only like 98% effective or whatever. Well, okay, if you want to live the rest of your life in, in your basement, that's fine. You, you get a chance to do it. But I don't think most people are in that situation. Jeff Sheboygan has been wide open throughout the entire pandemic. People always have the option of staying home. Jeff, somebody said it's too soon. Based on what? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, Jeff, at this point, follow the science usually means do as I say. From a science perspective, you should measure the effects of public health policy on mental health and economics, which are not independent of one another. Opening Waukesha, in my opinion, follows the science. Jeff, I say if you feel uncomfortable going to Waukesha, stay away. If you are comfortable, go. I, I think there's, you know, an element of that, that that's out there as well. And I think the same thing is kind of playing out in, in West Bend or in Washington County as well. For people who are uncomfortable, they're, they're, they're going to stay home. For people who, for whatever reasons, particularly folks who, who aren't in those danger categories. And believe me, I understand that somebody... Somebody who's 27 years old who gets COVID can have a really, really bad response. I I understand that. But statistically, that is not likely. We know, for example, in Wisconsin, if you look at the deaths, what was it? About 50% came from 45%, I think is the exact number, came from people who were either in nursing homes or assisted living facilities. And my guess is the vast majority of those people had underlying health conditions, most of which were probably significant. So COVID probably pushed them over the edge. And it's unfortunate that happened. But but we we know where we should have been spending our resources as far as protecting those people who are the most vulnerable. Again, to the typical 25-year-old, would I say get your vaccine? Of course. When it, when it's available? Of course I would. Would I say, you know, wear your mask when you're out in public or interacting until you've been vaccinated? Of, of course I would. Would I encourage you to get your vaccine? Absolutely. But this idea that no, 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 on the off chance that somebody somewhere might get it, or the off chance that you who have been vaccinated should somehow be able to pick it up and carry it to someone, even though there's no statistical evidence showing that that happens other than in a theoretical sort of sense. At some point in time, you got to say, we, we've got to move on. And Waukesha is starting to do that by saying, all right, indoor venues, now now we can open up. Got to follow the CDC guidelines, which presumably means you've got to be wearing the masks inside and things like that. And that's all well and good. But for these venues who have been just absolutely devastated from all the performers, for example, who haven't been able to go out and play there and, and do the stuff, this is, I think, very good news. And I don't believe Waukesha is going to come to regret this at all period 855-616-1620 jeff good for our county executive i live in waukesha and i appreciate that we all have to do our part to minimize the spread of the virus like what ted like the ted cruz cruz news we need to know what the out plan is we haven't gotten it from either president biden or former president trump what is the exit plan when does normal life return yeah that's that's a fair question and and if if the that the medical people say, well, normal life doesn't return until you get 80% vaccination rate. Well, we're never going to get to normal. That's just the reality. So I, I think you, you've got to kind of adjust this to reflect what the reality is, especially as more and more people, particularly those people who are most vulnerable, get vaccinated. Back with more in just a minute. 
Brewers fans. Our very own Greg Matzik has received a non-roster invite to spring training. He's not playing for the Brew Crew, of course, but join him for the ride as he gets an all-access look inside Brewers spring training. Join us all week during your favorite WTMJ shows. He's been there since Monday. It's the Greg Matzik spring training trip all this week, sponsored by Trex, the number one name in outdoor living. Okay, you want to talk about an industry that continues to be devastated by COVID, and, and I alluded to this a little bit yesterday, but it's, it's the cruise industry. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention said yesterday its no-sale order will remain in place until November 1st for cruise ships, despite them saying, hey, look, that this we're, we're getting a handle on COVID. People are getting vaccinated. We should be able to sail this summer. Uh, the group says they think that cruise lines are ready to sail again from U.S. ports. They wanted CDC permission. Um, however, uh, the CDC says, nope, it is not going to happen. We are not going to allow cruising until at least November 1st of 2021. So vaccinated or not, Willing to take the risk or not, the government says, nope, you're not going to be able to do that. So if you planned on a cruise this summer, not good news, um, at least at this point in time. All right, back with much more in just a couple minutes. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. I swear, if our goal is to have a truly colorblind society, I, I wonder whether we're really moving in that direction or not. And here, here's just the, the latest story of that. In in Minneapolis, now Minneapolis, of course, is the where a lot of the social justice movement started with the George Floyd shooting and things like that. In Minneapolis, there, there's a dinner theater. It's called the, the Chanhazen Dinner Theater. And I assume it operates kind of like the, the fireside dinner theater that, that we have, you know, here in southeastern Wisconsin, where you, they, they, they stage, you know, they, they stage performances. And if you've ever been to a performance at the fireside, it, it's quite good. I mean, these are, you know, they have Broadway caliber actors and actresses that, that, that come in and do these shows. And, and so they'll stage these various performances and people, you know, you go and you watch the show and you have dinner and all those things. So, okay, this is one in Minneapolis. Now they have been closed since the COVID outbreak in March, March of 2020. So they've been closed. They had planned uh, that they were going to come back this spring, soon as the, the COVID guidelines um, let up, and they were going to stage the musical Cinderella. Um, you know, the Rodgers and Hammerstein, the, the musical version of Cinderella. Everybody knows the story of Cinderella. So what they did is they hired the cast, and they have been in, in performances. They've been, like, rehearsing to, to get ready. So when, when this opens up, you know, they're ready to go and they're ready to stage this. Well, uh, two days ago, the company announced, no, nope, sorry, we, we've changed our mind. We're, we're canceling Cinderella. Now, are they canceling Cinderella because they, they decided the economics don't work? No. Are they canceling Cinderella because they're concerned that there's too much COVID going around? No, that's not it. They're canceling Cinderella because of their, now I'm quoting from the press release, ongoing commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because apparently what happened is the artistic director, now they cast the show, they've been, you know, again, you know, in rehearsals and things like that. The artistic director looked at the cast and said, my God, that the cast is 98% white. 
It's 98% white. And so we, we can't do this. We can't stage a show where the cast is 98% white. He said that, look, it, it's not the show's content. You know, it's Cinderella, after all. And, you know, it, we, we might be open to staging Cinderella at some point in time in the future. But the bottom line is, you know, we, we've looked at this, and it's 98% white. It doesn't work for us. They said they considered recasting. Can you imagine that? So th- this is the idea. Let's say that, that your, your goal is to be on Broadway, and, you know, you're, so you're, you're working, or maybe you've been on Broadway, but your goal is to be on Broadway, and maybe the way this starts out is you get cast in these, like, regional dinner theaters and things like that. So you're, I mean, this is, this is a big break. Hey, I'm going to play Cinderella in the Cinderella, this thing. It's going to be great. So can you imagine having somebody come to you and say, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, you, you, you can't be Cinderella anymore. Well, why? What did I do? Did I not show up for the rehearsals? Did I not have a good, no, 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 you're, you're perfect, except you're white. So we, we, we can't have you. We have too many white people in the cast. And so apparently they decided that they couldn't recast. They couldn't go around and decide which qualified actors or musicians or whatever they had to dump simply because they were the wrong color. So they said, well, we considered recasting, but we ultimately decided, nah, that's not right. We're just going to scrap the whole production and and start with a clean slate. Uh, some of the actors were disappointed. He said, I, "I'll I'll bet." Can you imagine? You've been cast. You've been hired to be in this performance. You're doing your job, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes in and says, "Well, sorry, we, we've got to we got to get rid of the production because when we cast this, we cast too many people of a certain color, and you happen to be that wrong color. So now we're going to shut it down." I, I again, I, I bring this up, and I I have no issues with diversity in casting or you know in diversity in general, but I do seriously wonder whether stuff like this brings us closer together as a society or puts us further and further apart because there's no question right now this show was shut down because there were too many white people in it you know that that's that's the not that they weren't talented white people there were just too many of them there and i guess i i wonder all right how how do you feel in this situation if you've lost your your job because of this through no fault of your own just in this case you happen to be the wrong color and again i have no issues with diversity and I, that's it's great moving forward but wh- where are we now is there now is this the new standard is there a quota all right so their next production which probably isn't going to be for another year they say it's footloose the old um uh, you know, the, the, the footloose, the adaption of the old movie and stuff. Okay, so what, what is this? Do we now go into this with these guidelines? Do we say, okay, well, here's the deal. Um, we have to have, we have to have 30% that's going to be black, and we have to have another 15% that's going to be Asian, and we have to have, you know, X number of people who are American Indian that are, they're Native American. And then we have to, I don't know, we also want to make sure that we, we don't want to get a, a foul of people with regard to, you know, sexual orientation. So we, we, we can't have it all straight people. Um, we, we have to have X numbers of gay people. And don't forget the transgender community as well. It, it's some... At some point in time, does all this, all this, this quota system and this desire for diversity, instead of bringing us together and bringing us into a colorblind society, does it really drive us further and further apart where we have to say, okay, we need all these different little groups that are going to be there and we have to make sure that every group is represented because if, if they're not, 
Well, it's a problem. And I don't know what the standard is. I mean, and I don't, and they're not saying it. I mean, if the cast at Cinderella was 90% white, would that have sufficed? Was it 80%? If it was 70%, if it's 50%, I, I don't know. Nobody knows. But all I know is that when we, if we're supposed to be, you know, colorblind, when we do things like this, to me, it moves us further away from that goal instead of closer to it. Okay, when we come back. Let's deal with the elephant in the room when it comes to gun control. Stick around. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. A year ago, the pandemic was taking hold. Millions were laid off. The stock market plunged. Investor confidence was low. As we recover, what will you do differently with your plan and your investments? Join Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management on Wednesday, March 31st. That is a week from yesterday, next Wednesday, at 6 p.m. for a special webinar, Investing in a Post-COVID World with our very own Steve Scafidi. This free webinar is open to all fans who are interested in what's next in the markets and investing. To find out more, please visit the features page at WTMJ.com and sign up today. Jeff, just a couple texts on that that story that this dinner theater canceled their production because they looked at the cast and they found it was too white. Jeff, Hamilton is people of color playing historically white people. Why can't it work the other way? For me, race doesn't matter. If I see an all-black basketball team game um, or an uh, all-Mexican boxing matchup or an all-white musical performance, can't we just appreciate it and stop having quotas? No. No, we, we, we can't, apparently. Jeff, it will continue to be a thing as long as we keep making it a thing. What's wrong with meritocracy? Well, I, again, if if the people that tried out for the, this show, if they thought that the, the best cast, who, whoever this was, you know, and the performer, regardless of skin color, hey, the, the best person we have to play Cinderella is X person, you know, why can't it be colorblind? Is, is that really such a bad thing that's out there. Jeff, I have a daughter who was in school for musical performance and has now changed her major because of the fact that her skin color is wrong for the likelihood of getting parts that are already difficult to get. Um, Yeah, so there you go. Um, There you go. Exactly. Okay, let us move on. We were, um, as a result of over the last two weeks, in Atlanta, a week ago, you had the, the shooting in the various spas, and earlier this week, you had the shooting of 10 people outside the um, supermarket in, in Boulder. And that's that has generated a conversation about, I mean, gun control and things like that. We've talked about it the last couple of days. Now, one of the frustrating things to me is that you know, we have these conversations with mass shootings, but it, it kind of overlooks perhaps the larger issue of, of the ongoing gun violence. Yes, I mean, some crazy guy, you know, shooting 10 people outside a supermarket in Boulder deserves all the attention it gets, and he deserves to be prosecuted the full extent of the law. But, you know, we also need to understand that gun violence is, is an ongoing thing. It happens on a daily basis. You know, the city of Milwaukee is a shooting gallery, and, and yes, Thankfully, it, it's not a mass homicide situation where you have one person that shoots 10, but it is not uncommon at all to have one person that shoots one or two other people. And if you look at over 100 plus homicides over the course of last year, you understand that gun violence is an ongoing thing. And I guess to me, I, I understand the knee jerk reaction. I've said this before. OK, we, we need more gun control, things like that. But let us be honest. The truth of the matter is that all the different gun control measures that that people talk about, it's just nibbling around the edges. 
All right. You could say we we need to expand background checks. So it's more difficult for somebody to buy a firearm at a gun show without going through a background check. Okay, reasonable people can argue whether that makes sense or not. But but let's face it that that's. That's not, that's the unicorn. The, the vast majority of gun violence that is going on in urban areas, it, it's not somebody that bought the gun at the gun show. That, that's just not, that's not what's happening. Yes, you can say we should uh, extend a waiting period. So you, you can't get a gun the same day that you want one. You have to wait for a day or two. And, and there may be some situations where, yes, that could stop a crime of passion here or there. But if you've got somebody that is intent on committing crimes, well, they're, they're going to commit those crimes. I mean, in, so if they have to wait a day, they're still going to do it. Now, I understand, again, we're nibbling on the edges. That might, by, by having that, that one-day waiting period or that three-day waiting period, you might eliminate a, a small number of crimes of passion. But it, it's not it's not going to deal with the outrageous level of violence that we have in this country. That That's the case. And, yes, you can say... Well, I think we should limit the size of magazines for some of these firearms. Okay, I, I think reasonable people can can have that debate. But you know, if you've got a like I do, I have a nine millimeter pistol. The the magazine has eight eight bullets in it, and you can put one in the chamber, so you have you have nine shots. You can fire those off just in a in a matter of seconds, and then you can have another magazine. It takes all of about two or three seconds to reload. You push a button, the one magazine drops out. You slam the other one in. So, yes, you, you can say that we should eliminate these the ability of the people to have magazines that have 50 consecutive shots. And I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. I, I don't. But if, if we think that that's going to stop the, the gun violence, the crazy guy with the 9 millimeter who walks in and, okay, so he's got, instead of having one 50-shot clip he's got magazine, he's got five, you know, uh, nine-shot magazines that he could put in and out. I, I'm just saying that... All these different things that we talk about are, are all nibbling around the edges, which gets me to the point. Got an email from somebody yesterday who said, Jeff, I, I, I agree with you when you talk about the, these gun control measures really not doing anything to prevent these sort of crimes. I mean, the guy who was involved in, in the shooting with the rifle, I mean, he, he passed background checks. Now, I think, you know, maybe you can ask, I mean, why did he do it? But he hadn't been convicted of a felony. He passed all the background checks. And and that's the case of of many, many people. Now, you've got felons that are walking around in possession of firearms that should be locked up. But, you know, many people that buy guns, they're, they're, they're able to pass the background check. They're, they're able to qualify to legally own the guns. And also, we do need to understand that even though there's an alarming rate of gun violence in this country, the overwhelming number of guns, and there are hundreds of millions of guns in our society, the overwhelming number of guns are not used in crimes. They're used by responsible firearm owners who use them for hunting or for target shooting or keep them from self-protection. Even with the alarming rates of, of firearms, and firearm violence, it's still an overall small percentage of the total number of guns that are out there. Vast majority, whether it's 95 or 98 or 99 percent of guns that are owned by private citizens are owned by law-abiding private citizens who are not using them for illegal purposes. So against that backdrop, get a text from somebody who says, Jeff, I, I understand you're, you're right that these gun control measures, they're just nibbling on the edge. They're not going to do that much. 
But here's what I think you should really discuss, which is why should people be allowed to own firearms at all? And forget about the Second Amendment. And the point was, yes, we understand the Second Amendment, you know, says what the Second Amendment says. And we understand the Supreme Court decisions. But the Second Amendment to the Constitution was created, you know, in the 1770s, the 1780s. It, it was a different time. It was a different world. So the texter, the emailer, said, Jeff, I, I think what we really need to do in 2021 is we need to abolish the Second Amendment. There's no reason at all that private citizens should be able to own firearms. And, you know, we can make some allowances and maybe for people who want to go hunting, you know, we can have like a central depository where people can check out, you know, guns that they could use to go hunting or things like that. But as far as the private ownership of firearms, people having those handguns in their house, we this is the problem. We need to remove guns from our society. That means we need to do away with the Second Amendment, and we need to criminalize the possession of firearms. We need to require everybody who owns a gun to turn them in. And maybe, you know, we, we'll, we'll compensate them, you know, we'll set a value for this. But we, people just should not be able to own firearms. And it doesn't matter whether it's a revolver. It doesn't matter whether it's a 9 miller maybe a pistol. It doesn't matter whether it's a shotgun. It doesn't matter whether it's a long rifle or a semi-automatic rifle or whatever. There's too darn many guns. People don't need guns, and average citizens should not be able to own them. And if it means we've got to get rid of the Second Amendment, let's get rid of the Second Amendment. 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What do you think? We discuss in just a moment. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. As you might expect, I'm being swamped with text. One of the funniest ones, because I was starting the story about how I had a one of, one of my emailers yesterday just said, hey, look, let's it, let, let's stop fooling around. You know, we're always going to have gun violence until we get rid of guns. That means we get rid of the Second Amendment. We confiscate guns. The world will be a better place. And one of the texters said, Jeff, I didn't know that Vice President Harris had your email address. It's always nice to hear from her. Uh, Jeff, I used to live in Australia in 2012. In 1996, they had sweeping gun regulations passed. While getting 655,000 gun turn-ins, guess who didn't turn the guns in? Well, the criminals didn't turn the guns in. Jeff, um, for sure, an elephant in the room scenario. Will crime increase when criminals realize that law-abiding citizens no longer have firearms? Um, yeah, I, I think th- there's no question about that. Um, Jeff, I agree with former Supreme Court Justice Stevens when he said that the framers of the Constitution meant that a well-regulated militia had the right to bear arms. I think assault weapons should be banned immediately and there should be strict background checks to start with. Then we should start move to eliminating private citizens from having firearms. All right. So there is that sentiment that's out there. 855-616-1620. Do private citizens need to have firearms? Because the bottom line of this is, okay, you can outlaw the manufacture of new, uh, of new assault rifles, but that's still, there's, there's like 17 million of these AR-15 type guns that are around. And as we've talked about before, you've got a pistol, you've got a nine millimeter pistol. Like I say, my, my magazine has eight rounds in it and you can put one in the chamber. I can fire nine rounds in the matter of, well, as quickly as I can pull that, that trigger. And it takes me all of about three seconds to reload. So, yeah, you, you can say, Jeff, you're not allowed to own a, a magazine that has 50 shots in it. And by the way, I don't think that's a bad idea. But at the same time, if you have somebody who's intent on creating mass carnage, 
All they do is they own five magazines, and they're you know, and you can reload in a matter of seconds. Okay, eight five five six one six one six twenty. All right, would the world be a better place if we just said no guns? Now, for me, I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think it is practical, and I don't think it's the reaction that you have when you consider the fact that the overwhelming majority, and I'm talking about 99% of firearms owners, are responsible firearms owners who aren't using the guns to shoot up the city. They're not, you know, walking into a convenience store and, and massacring 10 people. And it's not to diminish in any way, shape, or form the significance of that crime. That is a terrible crime. But in response to that, do you take everybody's guns away? Because you have somebody that gets drunk on a Friday night, drives recklessly, runs through a red light, and hits and kills someone, do you say, okay, we're not going to allow anybody to have automobiles anymore? 855-616-1620. Let's start with Vincent on the northwest side. Vincent, you're first. Good afternoon, Hi, Jeff. You, you know, let's get real. You know, there's a there, there, there's some, there's things that we can do uh, uh, between what Robin Boss said that uh, we can't stop the mass uh, murders out here, so we do nothing. Or the fact is, we go to the other end of the spectrum and say we need to trash the Second Amendment. And, and the fact is, that means that we're not thinking as Americans, as, as, as uh, uh, human beings that have a brain. We're not thinking about things that we can do to mitigate the damage that's going out here in, 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 in cities around this country and, and, and in and mass, and mass shootings. The, the fact is, we're just trying to mitigate the damage. Why don't we just try to do that? Why don't we try to say, hey, it's just like automobiles. The fact is, you know, we're not going to stop accidents happening with automobiles. But the fact is, we can come up with safety messages, which which automobile uh, dealers, uh, automobile manufacturers have done. We can come up with uh, uh, safety standards like airbags and and wearing seat belts. Uh, the fact is, we can create laws that say, hey, you, uh, uh, there are certain speed limits that you can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving, uh, you can't be driving intoxicated in this country. But the fact is, these these are things that are out there that they are done to mitigate. But, uh, but at the same uh, time, uh, Vincent, don't, at, at the same time, don't we have all sorts of laws which regulate firearms in in that same way? I mean, we we have, I mean, you, you can pick up a statute book and you're going to find like dozens and dozens of laws that make it illegal to use guns in an illegal fashion. Uh, I mean, so I mean, we, we it's not like it's not like we just say to people here, you know, you you can do anything you want with a gun. I mean. Just like you're not allowed to legally drive drunk, and yet people do, we, you know, we, we say, okay, you can't use the, the gun to, you know, commit a crime of violence or to carjack somebody, but yet still people do. I mean, I, don't we have gun laws that are out there? Oh, we have gun laws out there, and, and, and sometimes, and, and, and in a lot of cases, we don't follow those particular laws, and we don't put them and put them in effect when they need to be put in effect. But we also can do something in order to put safety standards on these guns, which which we obviously throw up our hands and say we can't do. It. The fact is, we couldn't even how to get rid of a bump stock, yep. you know. Yep. We had to fight over a darn uh, 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 yep. uh, uh, plastic thing that goes onto a gun, uh, goes onto right. a gun, and, and converts a semi-automatic into an automatic, into an automatic weapon. Yep. No, I, I think. See, I, I, no, can I, I? Again, I, I, I understand, and I, I don't. Again, there's there's stuff I don't disagree with. I the the bump stock thing I agree with completely. For people who weren't familiar with that, that was just something you could buy for twenty bucks that attached to the, the base of of 
a semi-automatic rifle that essentially converted into a machine gun for all intents and purposes. And I had, I had no problem with, with outlawing that. I mean, if you, if you can't own a machine gun, you shouldn't for $25 be able to some, t- take something that turns an otherwise legal firearm into an illegal firearm. And to, again, I understand that, that makes sense. It, it is difficult for me to justify these large these large capacity magazines and again i i don't i think you can for example you can say look you don't need a magazine that has 50 rounds in it to it's not too much of an infringement on a second amendment right to say that there there's no real reason why you need in any real world to have a magazine that has 50 bullets in it you 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 just don't but that's let's face it when you do things like that, again, you're, you're just we're dealing with this issue on on the edge. So, I mean, I think the fundamental question that we're going to have to decide is, do we allow people to have firearms moving forward or not? And I I will say about 90 percent of the, the texts I'm getting right now are, well, we're not repealing the Second Amendment. It's not practical. You're not taking my guns away. And it, it's and my larger point that I think that that is an overreaction to gun violence, given the fact that you have the overwhelming majority of people who are lawful owners. My answer to this is, as it always is, it's a criminal justice perspective, which is increased penalties. I mean, as I was saying yesterday, the idea that this 15-year-old shows up at Mayfair Mall with a gun, starts shooting, kill doesn't kill injures eight people with with the gun and he's still being treated in juvenile court oh you know we want to find all these different ways of rehabilitation i mean give me a break that's about as significant a gun crime as you can have we we don't take gun cases seriously enough we don't treat felons in possession of a firearm seriously enough we don't treat people who have illegally obtained their firearms seriously enough and until we start doing that you're always going to have this problem as far as, in theory, would the world be a better place if people didn't own firearms? Well, I, I don't know. Um, but where we are right now, people own firearms because they want to hunt. People own firearms because they want to uh, pra- they target shoot. People own firearms for self-defense. And if you were to pass laws, I mean, I understand it's a cliche. If guns are outlawed, only outlaws are going to have guns. But that's true. You know, that, that, that is exactly the case. And that's why there's no political will for this at all. And yeah, we can talk about different gun control measures, but let's just be honest about what we're doing here. I think the focus needs to be on identifying people who are demonstrating that they are prone to act out in this violent fashion and that once they do act out in violent fashion you know maybe we should consider whether they should be allowed to legally own guns or not the shooter in boulder colorado did not have a felony conviction but he had a misdemeanor conviction and that misdemeanor i don't know if it was a crime of violence but it involved threats and stuff like that maybe we have to look at broadening the categories for people who aren't legally allowed to own guns i'm open to having that discussion but as far as telling people, including the overwhelming, the millions and millions and millions of Americans who legally own and collect and safely use firearms and do it in a responsible fashion, telling them that you can't own guns anymore. Sorry, I'm not there. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
You know, on this program, we talk a lot about about the cancel culture and the kind of gotcha culture that is out there now where you have people, I describe them as the politically correct and the perpetually offended, who are out there waiting for somebody somewhere to say something that they can then pounce on and demand that that person be canceled or fired or, or whatever. And it's not so much necessarily that they're even really offended by what the person said, but that they, they believe that they should be offended and other people should be offended by it. I mean, I, what, one of the, the classic examples of this, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, was the Creighton basketball coach who by all descriptions is a, is a really good guy and so after a particularly difficult loss he, he's in the locker room and he's trying to give a pep talk to the kids to his students to the athletes who i mean it, it's college basketball so you, you've got a diverse group but you know probably largely you know, black student athletes so he, he's he's trying to say look i know this has been a disappointing loss we, we've got to hang together you know we, we've got to and then he, he's he's sort of He's sort of like grappling for, for words, and I think he mixes his metaphors. He, he wanted, I believe, to say, we've got to stay, we, we can't leave, we've got to stay on the reservation. That's what he wants to say, which could have created entirely different issues, I guess, involving Native Americans, but that's, that's not what his audience is. His audience, I presume, is primarily like black student athletes, and so he says, we've got to stay on the plantation. And it was just, I think it was one of these sort of like brain freezes that's there, and he, then he kind of moves on, and it becomes public that he said that, and there's all this outrage and all in there. I mean, I had people texting in saying the guy deserves to be fired. I mean, just he, he does. I don't care what he's done. You know, he said they should stay on the plantation. You know, and he apologized. He apologized immediately for it, and it was like I, I, I don't really know where this came from. And again, he's speaking extemporaneously, and it's. And ultimately, Creighton came in and they, they suspended him for one game and then they reinstated him. And, and there was I had people that were texting me saying it, his intent doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter if he had racist intent or whatever. He said the word plantation. And, and there were, you know, these student athletes that were there. And he, he should be fired because he said plantation. All right. Well, that's a pretty scary concept for people who for anybody who, you know, speaks to other people and particularly for. For example, somebody who makes his living doing spoken word radio in an unscripted open microphone for like three hours a day, five days a week, X number of weeks out of the year. You're always afraid that, oh, oh my gosh, it's some like slip of the tongue, and, and then that's going to end up getting you canceled. So we, we've gone that far. Now, that is not to say, though, that there are not examples of people who deserve whatever they get. And I have one of those. And to me, this is a story where the, the cancel culture, well, it, it's just, you understand it completely and totally. It involves a sports radio host in, in Buffalo. And this is one of these stories where I, I sit there and I hear about this and I just, I just shake my head because if sports radio has has always been for years and years and it's changing now like more and more women female listeners and things like that but for the longest time sports radio was kind of a locker room and and by the way I'm talking in general terms not about any specific station or about specific hosts it's just just in general it's been the, the audience has been largely younger males, you know, people who just, you know, can't get enough. It's been kind of a niche, broadening a little bit now, but people who just can't get enough of, of, of talking sports and stuff. And it's been typically a, a male-dominated, male listeners, male hosts, all those type of things, and kind of this sort of locker room stuff. So you've had a lot of 
that that's that kind of testosterone fueled comments and things like that. So anyhow, this apparently happens earlier this week at this rating. This is the way the story is written up in uh, Fox. Rob Letterman, the now former host <laughs> of the Morning Bull on 97 Rock Buffalo, got into a conversation while talking with ESPN's Buffalo Bill beat reporter Marcel Louis, Louis Jacques. The, the conversation was about what level on the toaster everyone on the show set for their morning toast. Okay, so... This this doesn't strike me as being particularly compelling talk radio, but that that's what they're discussing. Okay, what 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 is what kind of toast setting do you have? All right, so that that's that's how they do it. Well, what this idiot guy does is he decides to be funny. I assume that he then likens the setting of the toast to his taste in women, and he he goes on to give examples about how um there he he likes his toast lighter. And he cites examples of certain women that would fit into that description, but he doesn't like his toast darker. And then he describes other women. It's this incredibly offensive thing. And I mean, I, I'm just sitting here I, as I'm reading about this. I'm going, what what could this guy possibly have been thinking? I mean, so I understand you've got the cancel culture that, that's out there. I, I get all that. And the whole idea that, okay, sometimes, you know, we're out there when people decide they have the slip of the tongue and there's no intent and anything like that. And, and is it fair to come after them? I'm reading this story. And for anybody who ever listens to me and says, well, is there anything you don't think you should be canceled for? Trust me, th- this this story, and I didn't go into the details of what the bit was that he did on the radio, but anybody Anybody in 2021 who thought this particular bit would be appropriate, well, needs to have their head examined. Anybody who thought this bit would have been appropriate in 2000 or 1980 who thinks this bit would have been appropriate needs to have their head examined. And so here you have a situation where this guy thought he was being clever, and now he's out of his job. Two of the other people, the other hosts that were there, apparently they they have been suspended. But it's kind of like, okay, what? What were you thinking? This isn't, hey, I had a slip of the tongue and I, I, I pulled the word plantation, you know, because I was struggling to come up with some other word. This is, hey, I think I'm going to try to do this and be funny. Um, so sometimes cancel culture is, in fact, appropriate. All right. Back with more in just a couple minutes. This is Jeff Wagner. Live the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa, are you, are you working out the details of our we've been vaccinated free stuff COVID trip? I haven't been looking into that this as of your, yet. I know this the, is your assignment. The, the donuts. The, so oh, I'm down with that. Right, the, the, for people who haven't been listening this week, we you know, we're... Now, Melissa You're has serious not had, about this, too. Of course I'm serious. I mean, it, it, I, hey, I, I grew up around here. If it's free, it's yeah. for me. No, no. So this, <laughs> this, this, it's free, it's for me. I love if, that. It's, it, right. So, I mean, well, you've got all these places. So I think what we need to do is, you know, we need – Gruz had his first shot. You know, um, yeah. uh, John McCure has as well. What we need to do is we need to get somebody like a designated driver and a videographer, and, and we'll go hit some of these places. We've already got, like, Krispy Kremes in West Dallas there if you've got your vaccination card. Well, maybe actually you can be the videographer since 
since you haven't had your first vaccine yet. That could, could be, maybe. That, that's it. That so, might work. So we're gonna we'll hit Krispy Kreme first on South mm-hmm, 108th mm-hmm. Street because they're they're giving away free donuts to anybody who's been vaccinated, and then scoot over to Black Husky, the the brewery. I love their spruce, their their beer. It's you know? really good. And, and they're they're giving away a free beer if you've been vaccinated. And then we'll go to the arcade. The arcade, up down. right? The up down, right? You you got that? Yep, and I then got that. then there's the shawarma place. You know, and we can eat some food there. Okay, so I'm on it then. Yeah, all right, but I'm I, on I, it. and I gotta believe that there's going to be more places oh, that are more. out there as well. But I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm thinking we could just make this a, a date. And you said, well, it sounds like a fun way to spend Saturday. Said, no, this You're is like, Wednesday. Wait, this, this is a Wednesday, th- th- right? This is this is work. This is exactly it. And then we'll post the digital stuff up there, and we'll I like we'll, we'll hit the free stuff. Okay, so that's your that is your goal because I gotta believe that if those four places are doing it, I gotta believe that there's all sorts of other places that oh, are doing yeah. it as well. Definitely. So I bet there's places where you can get shots. If you get a shot, you get a shot. <laughs> get a shot. I've heard that before. I'll have to look where that's at. But <laughs> All right. Well, there, 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 you, there go. you go. And, and for people who are just tuning in, um, I got mine yesterday and actually no no adverse reaction at all. And not knock on wood, but I mean, during during the show, about the two o'clock hour yesterday, I got my shot at, at like 1030. I, I felt a little bit flush, just a little bit, but that passed. And I have had no side That's in, great. including the fact that you know everybody says your arm hurts my would I say a little tiny tender if I touch it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but nothing at all. I mean, when I got the shingle shot a year and a half ago, much worse. Um, so at least for me, knock on wood. That's good. No, no adverse reaction at all. Which I, I bring that up because if people are afraid about this, to the extent that I am an indicator, it, it wasn't bad at all. That's so, good, and okay. and that's good because um, I was curious because people who have had COVID, I was wondering if right. they were going to feel different effects because your body reacts differently. But apparently, I mean, well, not, I, not no, with everybody. No, right, I will say that my my wife who had COVID like I did last sure. November, she she had a. It, it, it wasn't like a life-threatening reaction, but that that night after she got her that. shot, no, she was she was sick to her stomach, and you know she had aches and pains and mm-hmm, stuff. She, mm-hmm. she said, but but it passed. She had a headache and stuff, but it it passed. So I, I think everybody's a little bit different. And um, I, again, I, I just I bring this up only from the perspective of for people who might be hesitating getting the vaccine because you're afraid that it might have an adverse thing. At least in my case, at least for the first. 24 plus hours that has not been the case that's great i'm glad to hear that so okay your mission free stuff free stuff i'm on it all right absolutely (laughs) we'll we'll do we'll do the we'll do the tour you know you have it you have the jeff wagner river cruise and those sort of things we can have the like the jeff wagner like free stuff cruise. you know it's (laughs) just just working on this yes okay um so during melissa's news we, we opening day is a week from today and it's going to be an opening day different from the last several opening days thanks to the city of milwaukee the capacity at 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 i'm going to say miller park american family field the capacity at the stadium limited to like 11,000 people so instead of 40,000 people it's limited to 11,000 i was looking at at our twitter feed and they've showed again thank you to the city of milwaukee that they've showed what they've done and they've got just entire rows of seats that are are zip lined off i mean they're just they're just blocked with those like zip things and so you you can't even pull down the the seats so they're they're doing the the socially distancing stuff they're um no tailgating. We've we've talked about that before, which to me makes absolutely no sense at all. And this is this is one of the things that I just again I rail about when everybody tells me follow the science and things like that. And, and then the, the whole issue of of let's live in the real world. This idea that um, I my if I if I was going to the game, I could 
gather four or five of my buddies. I could drive around. I could pick up all my buddies. We could sit in the car, not wearing masks, drive, I don't know, down to the stadium, park in the stadium, sit in the car where we're close together with each other, and we're allowed to do that. But we can't get out of the car outside and grill some hot dogs behind the behind the tailgate. I mean, it it makes absolutely no sense. And I'm sorry, there's there's really no way that you can justify this this idea. If I want to go and like play catch with my buddy, we we can't we can't do that. Even though we'll probably be however far apart we're going to be throwing the ball. No, can't do that. Can't allow people to tailgate. It, it again, it's these things where they say follow the science, but there's no real science to document. That's why it's a problem. But nevertheless. That's the rules that the brewers have to play by, thank you to the city of Milwaukee. There is one aspect of this, and they're now starting to announce the rules that they are going to have um, at at the stadium. Um, for example, you, you have, again, the capacity limitations that are there. Um, once inside American Family Field, there's going to be a disinfectant team that's going through all concourses in the, biz, in the building, um, more concession stands, but um, a, a limited number of items that they're going to be there. In addition, um, fans can download an app, text food, and then they'll have mobile pickup stations. So if, if you don't want to wait in line to get your bratwurst, you can text stuff and, and go up there to do that. Uh, menu will be the same at all six locations and will include brats, hot dogs, peanuts, popcorn, Pepsi products, etc. You will be required to wear a mask while you are in the facility. You can only remove your masks when eating or drinking in your socially distanced seat. Okay, all right. I don't know what the rules are with regard to having Miller Park open, or the, the Miller Park, American Family Field, the roof open or closed. I mean, hopefully the brewers will continue to use the same policy that they always had because the appeal of going to early season baseball games when it's 35 degrees outside is that you've got a controlled environment. And I'm old enough to remember County Stadium and sitting out at some of these games in April where, you know, it was 25 degrees with a windshield that brought it down to 10. All right. But, so that's 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 the rules. I know the Brewers are, are playing by the rules. They're glad to open up and, and to be able to do some business to, after being shut down and prevented from doing any business. Here's the interesting thing that I want to discuss with you. The other thing that they announced is that they have gone completely cashless cash will not be accepted at the stadium um any and and by the way this is for anything this is for concessions and this is for retail so if you go into the brewer's fan shop and you want to buy a baseball hat or something it's got to be credit cards or or debit cards or things like apple pay or or google pay so it's no cash at all in addition, now they do have something that if you forget your credit card or phone, they have three kiosks throughout the facility, one on the field level, one on the loge level, and one on the terrace level, and you can exchange cash for a prepaid MasterCard. Minimum will be 20 bucks. So if you if you have cash, you can go and you could presumably give somebody, you know, 100 bucks for whatever and you'll get a a MasterCard that you can then use at American Family Field as well as outside the ballpark. There's going to be no fee for this. All right, and, and that's that's all well and good. This is what the Packers did at Lambeau Field, you know, when, when they had those the home playoff games. So this is just, it, it's kind of the way of the world. I, I was thinking about this, though, because 
in the city of Milwaukee, there is an ordinance, which I do not think has been passed yet or it's not in force yet. But but here's what the ordinance says. It it requires people to accept cash payments. This is the ordinance. A person who sells goods or services at retail from a physical location may not refuse to accept cash in exchange for those goods or services during a face-to-face sale with a consumer unless the person is otherwise prohibited by law from accepting cash for the goods or services sold. Now this, of course, the history of this is you had some Milwaukee aldermen that noticed that there were businesses in the city that for a variety of reasons um, in, enhanced, of course, by COVID, that they, they just decided to go cashless. So cash was no good. You had to have a credit card, which I always thought, you know, that to me, if if you decide to do that, you, you should have the right to do it if that's your business. Now, you're talking to somebody who from time to time will use cash to pay for things. And so I, I, I do use cash, but if the rules are you know, you have to use a credit card. Well, that's okay. I can live with using the, the credit card. But there is an ordinance in Milwaukee that I do not believe went into effect yet because of COVID. But it says you got to take cash. And here you have the brewers who are now saying, well, you know, no, we're, we're not taking cash at all. Um, we are offering the option, though, if you've got cash, you can exchange this for one of the these debit cards. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I don't want to specifically talk about the brewers, but I want to talk about this notion that people in the city of Milwaukee, politicians, think that they should be able to require businesses to take cash. 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Candidly, it makes complete sense to me what the brewers are, are doing. They're, they're just saying, hey, hey look, we, we don't want to fool with making change. We're in this COVID sort of world now. You know, it's got to be all credit cards. And that's a difference for a ballpark experience. I mean, think about, you know, you're in the stand, Jay. Hey, hey, beer guy, guy comes over. It's, it's not too often that people give you the credit cards. Most of the time, you just give the guy, you know, the, a $10 bill or a $20 bill or whatever. So that, that, those days, at least temporarily, are gone. Makes sense to me that they're doing this. Our number, 855-616-1620. I think it's great if businesses decide to do this. I think businesses should have the right to decide to do it. Should the city say, you've got to have an option that allows people to pay cash? My answer would be, no, let's leave it up to the individual businesses. And if it's good enough for Miller Park, well, then it should be good enough for, you know, some other retailer on Wisconsin Avenue. 855-616-1620, we discuss. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Again, I have no problem with the brewers saying we're going to be cashless and you need to use a credit card. And if you don't bring a credit card, what you can do is you can exchange cash for like a prepaid MasterCard. But it is interesting because in the city of Milwaukee, that the politicians are moving in the other direction by requiring businesses to accept cash. And I have to tell you, there's going to be a lot of businesses that aren't going to be in a position to say, hey, we can have a special kiosk set up where you can take cash, use it to buy a prepaid MasterCard and then buy stuff. I just what 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 is the where what is the end game here to me businesses free of government should be allowed to decide one way or the other what they want to do if you want if you don't want to take cash I think that you should have the right as a business owner to make that decision Jeff some of these establishments are also using the cashless system to boost sales by having a required minimum spending limit when using the card I think this is bogus I think this should not be 
allowed. Um, yeah, Jeff, um, the, the the Brewers have eliminated um, all printed game day programs with rosters, media guides, and tickets. No more souvenirs of the game you've been to. Um, impossible to flip through and download during the game. Yeah, I I would. I mean. Yeah, see, I, that's one of the things that I miss. I'm the guy that I score during the baseball games. By that, I mean you know, I, I keep track. And I, one of the first things I do when I get in the stadium is I find that vendor that's selling those scorecards for 2 bucks, And they probably cost all about like 15 cents to make. But I, I pay the 2 bucks. But I pay the 2 bucks with cash. I guess those have gone by the wayside for a while. Jeff, I will not go to stores who do not take cash. Yes, that's fine. And I respect that. By the way, I mean, I, I respect that. And that's why, to me, it's a decision by an individual merchant whether you want to do that or not, knowing that if you don't offer the cash option, you may, in fact, lose businesses. Business, And, and I get it. My beef is I don't think the government, the people in the city of Milwaukee, should be requiring retailers to 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 take cash if they if for whatever reasons they've decided they don't want to do it. Let's talk to Pat in Sheboygan Falls. Hi, Pat. Hi. I mean, I, I really don't think, you know, too much about the, the no cash thing, but if I ever go to a brewer game, I, I like to buy a beer from this guy. He's called the Iceman. He walks the concourse. He's an awesome beer salesman. Right. You buy a beer, and if it's, you know, eight bucks, you, you give him the last two bucks, you give him a ten, you tell him to keep the change. Yeah. I can't see that working out real well with a charge card. Yes. Um, right. That's no. Thanks. I'm. I'm. I'm with you as well. That's. I wonder how this is going to affect tips to the different vendors. And I guess I. I, I don't know. I, I. I shouldn't say this. I don't know if there's if they even have vendors in the seats anymore. I. I, I don't. I don't know if they're they're doing that or not. With the fact that everybody's spread out, it, it might not make any sense. So I don't know off the top of my head whether they're doing that or not. But but you're right. That is one of the impacts I think of going of going cashless because do do some people when they're when they flag hey bear guy do some people you know end up you know paying with a credit card yeah but i still think that there's a lot of us who okay you know what is the the beers are the beers are 8 bucks a piece or whatever they are and you you pull out a 20 and you say okay here i'm going to i'm going to buy two and you know keep the change there is no doubt in my mind that th- this is going to dramatically if if you continue to be cashless moving forward there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to significantly decrease the number of tips that vendors get, especially once once the in-stand vendors come back. You know that it's part part of their the way they made money is they they did it on volume. You had the guy that was walking up and down the aisles, you know, with the case of beer or whatever. And the trick is, okay, how many beers can you end up selling? And if you've got a and you've always been able to pay with the credit card, I, I know they've always had that option. But I, I don't know what the percentage of people who pay for that is. I, I would say it's probably less than 50%. That's now kind of gone down the uh, aisle. Uh, Jeff, there are no um, seat vendors in the park this year. My best friend is a beer seat vendor. He's not allowed. He's out of a job once again this year. Yeah, that doesn't... I, that. That, in fact, doesn't surprise me that you've got that sort of situation. Yeah, a couple other people saying they're not going to have vendors in the seats. Um, makes sense. It, it, I guess it makes sense with that. But th- this is the problem with cashless stuff. And if the brewers ultimately, as we get back to normal, decide they want to continue to be cashless, like I say, I think that's a fine decision for them to make, and that's all well and good. But for the city of Milwaukee, they're telling other retailers that you, you've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to accept cash. 
And now maybe the way around it, again, is this whole thing with uh, you can take cash and you can get the MasterCard. But regardless of how you look at this, I still think it should be up to the individual business to decide, do you want to take cash? Don't you want to take cash? Not the government. When we come back, John McCure will find out what he has on his agenda. Please stick around. 